0: Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Psychs and a Mic.
1: Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media.
0: All right, good. I was about to say, good morning, good evening, (laughs) good day, greetings. Hello, hello,
1: hello. Hey, what's up? How is everyone doing? Pretty good. Yeah.
0: Okay, good, good. How was your week? Let's do a quick check in. How's everybody's week? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Let's not all start at (laughs)
1: once.
2: What was my week? um my week was good i mean it was kind of the same old same old um this is my last week seeing patients at work Aww. i know i'm i'm excited <laughs> i'm kind of ecstatic um so next week is my close out week so i'll be packing up my office i think that's the part that's really gonna hit me like oh man i gotta take all this stuff yeah. home and just kind of closing stuff out. Um, but this was a good week. I did a really cool talk at a church here oh, yeah. on suicide prevention. Okay. And y'all, they had it on their um like church marquee.
0: I oh, so your name was on the marquee. I hope um, you took a picture. Yeah. And then they had
2: I did, I yeah. did. And they had like suicide prevention on the marquee, which I thought was really cool because It's great for churches to let the community know. Like, we're talking about this topic. Um, It was a good turnout. People had really, really good questions. That's That's so good. Um, So, it was dope. The pastor came. He answered questions about like sin and suicide. Um, He talked a lot about like the notion that if someone completes suicide, they'll be going to Mm -hmm. hell. And he just did a really good job of just accompanying the. The talk. So it was good. I enjoyed it. I always like when I can get out into the community and do some work. So that was, it was, it was a really good good. topic too. Yeah. Well, not a good topic, important topic. It's an important topic. And yeah, I think they really walked away with some, some good information. Uh So good. I even talked to them about coming back and doing kind of like a suicide protocol for their church, like as a faith community, Uh like how to be, and how to be engaged in like postvention, right? So what to do after. if there is, yeah, what to do after a suicide oh, in wow. their community? So they just have kind of like a protocol as a as mm-hmm. a organization, so they're not trying to make it up every time. That's so. important. What a responsible yeah, so thing to do
1: as a church, because there's so many um, churches that shy away from the topic of suicide, um, mm-hmm. you know, as a as a real thing. You know what I mean, like. We'll talk about it in the context of biblical context, but, like, in, you know, families are not thinking about that when their loved one, you know, is a, Mm. um, you know, false prey to that, so...
0: Very good. Yeah. And to
2: have a, a dedicated afternoon to focus right. on that is
0: super yeah. important. It so yeah.
2: So that's good. Yeah. That means we could do a topic on faith and mental health.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, should we should do that. That might be up and coming. <laughs> uh, maybe. Let
0: like, who knows what the future holds. Uh this week, I don't know I gotta look to see what was going on. I don't know if we retrograde it again, but it was very long. Like by Tuesday. Oh yes. I was ready for the weekend. Like Tuesday I was like, oh my God. I came I like it's only been two days. Mm-hmm. It is I feel like my job got their money's <laughs> worth out of me. Personal life. This is, was a very long week. Um so I was so excited when the weekend came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um just to kind of have that downtime. And I also discovered a gas station in Hopkins, South Carolina <laughs> that serves chicken skin. Oh my Because I don't eat pork, so I can't eat, you know, the normal cracklings. And I always had this idea that I was like, "Ooh, if I had money, I would start a chicken skin factory.
1: Like my stomach is turning (laughs) just listening to you talk about this.
0: Because what I realized is that I really love fried meat skin.
2: Fried meat? (laughs) Fried meat skin, Jesus.
0: So like with turkey, I don't really like turkey meat. I just like the skin. Even with baked chicken, baked chicken thighs. Oh, God. I really was like, April.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We need like a segment of like food adventures of uh, April. Seriously. Oh,
0: (laughs) we would be here all day. Um, So, shout out to Mimi's Delectables because that was the whole reason I was in Hopkins. But if it wasn't for her opening up her spot, I would not have found the gas station that sells chicken skins and they have barbecue flavor. (laughs)
1: I'm not sure if I'm concerned about the fact that you're eating the chicken skins or that you're actually eating chicken skins that's served out of a gas station.
0: <laughs> Do you eat potato chips served at they the gas station? They don't make the potato chips in the gas
1: station.
0: They not make No, they're not making the skins at the gas station. They're just selling oh, them.
1: Oh, oh, okay. They're, no, pr- they're have, packaged. I'm almost insulted. Yes, <laughs> listen. Maybe, maybe the fact that I don't understand how skins are made or packaged—that again, that's just my ignorance. Because all You've I'm picturing in April back- is somebody done fried up some chicken skin. And you done bought it like you go in and buy a hot dog or some nachos. What is this, 1962? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I am I'm
2: dying over here. I am dying. Y'all are hilarious. Oh, they're package. Oh, okay. I'm going to send y'all a picture. I took oh, a picture. and she took a picture. We <laughs> thought it was in the back with like a paper bag and some flour crying. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, Oh, frying,
0: <laughs> frying up the chicken There's a man outside cutting chickens off I mean,
1: I don't head. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: dead. I'm dead. Because I was gonna say, what are they doing with the rest of the chicken?
1: Um, All right,
2: that's hilarious, Erica. How was your week? Yes, well, <laughs> since we're on the
1: subject of things, um, so I, I may have committed forehead suicide um, this week oh. at the trampoline park. Um, Uh-oh. so we oh took the kiddo to the trampoline park this weekend. And of course I promised him that I would turn some flips with him, you know, cause back in the day, keyword is back in the day. I used to have yeah. to try and tumble for cheerleading. Mind you, I used to hit my forehead then too, but Hey, why not? <laughs> we'll give it a whirl. So I decided to cut me a nice little backflip. And, you know, I did land on my feet, but only after landing nicely on my forehead and part of my face. So Ooh. Thank God it was goodness. a trampoline, so it didn't really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Just your pride. Your but pride my pride, pride was a yes, little so. swollen. Um, but yeah. So this weekend was um it was cool, but I'm like you, April, this week seemed so long. I was Packed with clients, and you know, after work activities. I think one night I didn't get home till 8:30, 9 o'clock, after getting started at 8 o'clock that morning, and I was just Mm -hmm. done. Um, Oh wow! So yeah, so not so many clients this week. We have a lot of other things going on got some three psychs and a mic activities um coming up so coming up. <laughs> i was about to be like <laughs> <laughs> yes I yes forgot. Just got minute. some three psychs and a like, mic
2: activities <laughs> coming up next Ooh. week
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay i
2: remember that's now that's hilarious yeah so. okay we doing pretty good. I'm glad we all made it through the week, you know, forehead still intact, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, but let's jump right into our media minute. So this week in the media, we have been berated and I say we, as in black women, um, we went from girl dad to Bitches and hoes with the Snoop Dogg and Gail King situation. Um, during Gail King's interview of Lisa Leslie, she um, asked Lisa about just kind of about her relationship with Kobe um, and how that relates to the rape accusation um, that happened and was. Dismissed in 2003, 2004 um, And as a reaction to that um, Snoop Dogg took to the internet And he had quite a bit of vitriol <laughs> To talk about um, his reaction to Just Gail King even asking about um, This episode of Kobe's life And how he thought that this was another attack on black men from Gail King and Oprah Winfrey. I don't know how Oprah got put in there, but he put her in, and then everybody took to Twitter, even Bill Cosby himself from Jesus. his, what did he call it? His gated, his his gated, gated community, community mm-hmm. um, aka jail. Um, he even himself came to the aid of Snoop Dogg and, you know, thanked him for protecting black men. And um, what did y'all?
1: What do y'all think about that? Well, like, <laughs> listen, I'm just going to comment on that one little piece and I'm going to let April jump in. Like, I think it's very ironic that it's Bill Cosby thanking Snoop mm. Dogg for protecting mm. Black men. A, and, and Snoop Dogg is the epitome of the type of Black man that Bill Cosby used to talk about and berate constantly So I think it's just, I don't know, I think it's it's quite funny, you know, how, um, you know, these two men have somehow found themselves aligned, both of whom have done their own damage to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, disrespecting uh, black women in their own right. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just Mm -hmm. a black woman who would Mm -hmm. protect another black man um, to no end with no protection in return sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um this has been a week that I'm glad that I took Facebook off my phone because I have really tried been trying to stop calling people stupid. Good for
1: you. Um
0: <laughs> well, well, trying <laughs> is the key word. key word. So I think I've only said it once this week, at least out my mouth, but uh um, because it's so frustrating just seeing the cracks in the logic and how people use their emotions mm-hmm. to make them feel like what they're saying is mm-hmm. true, um, and not being able to separate emotions from like facts, mm-hmm. and also not being able to hold two pieces of information at the same time and letting both things be also, also be mm-hmm. true. You can uh, you can mourn a person, you can respect their legacy, you can also acknowledge that they have a messy Mm -hmm. past. One does Mm -hmm. not erase the other. You can acknowledge that a journalist's job may be to ask an uncomfortable question. Mm -hmm. You can even feel like the question was insensitive or at at poor timing, Mm -hmm. but it never ends there. It Mm -hmm. goes from that, I don't like that question, to you're a coon and you have an agenda to tear down black men. And it's just like, where where is that coming Mm -hmm. from? Mm -hmm. Because you don't see that same energy behind any other causes it's only when a black man's reputation is on the line where you get this energy and i think that's the most frustrating part because it's hypocritical Mm -hmm. um and it's it's the the like uh, charlie said the vitriol and the Mm -hmm. outrage it was so not in proportion because what i didn't i didn't watch the interview when I don't watch CBS um, but one I'm like people are reacting to a 30 second clip mm-hmm. from an hour interview one and two if you really cared about this man's legacy you would have been sharing Lisa Leslie's response mm-hmm. because I think she gave a very good response to the question of should this be attached to his legacy which is a valid question mm-hmm. um, but the thing I think that frustrates me is people one saying things that aren't true like, Gail and Oprah have been silent about Weinstein. No, they haven't. Gail interviewed Weinstein's attorney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oprah has interviewed Selma Hayek, who was a victim of Weinstein. Mm-hmm. They, like,
2: all you have to do is Google. And how did it turn into a Weinstein conversation oh. in the first place? Yeah. You know, um, like you said, like, It's it's important to be able to hold people As their whole selves Mm -hmm. right and so This charge happened Mm -hmm. to Kobe's legacy Mm -hmm. like it happened And so we can't go about Acting as though you know we Get to erase parts of people's history You know and and like you said As a reporter it's Gail King's duty Mm -hmm. to ask Mm -hmm. The uncomfortable questions To ask questions that You know maybe we wouldn't ask On the street like that's something that she was hired to do. That's something that she can inquire about, you know. And I'm
1: and so and I'm important. sure Lisa Leslie oh, was aware of what questions were going to be asked before she did the interview. So, I mean, these things are not just done haphazardly. At least, and sometimes they are, but I'm pretty sure with the sensitivity of this topic, it wasn't like it it wasn't put out there that this would be a part of the interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... Go ahead. I I was going to say, too, like, it makes me think about, like, Whitney Houston. Like, Whitney Houston has a remarkable, you know, history as far as her being an entertainer. She also has, you know, a, a, a substance abuse history, a very public history, things that contain her legacy, And those things are talked about very freely. They're joked about. They continue to be joked about. Like, we still play interviews from Wendy Williams and when she was talking. I mean, like, all of those things Mm -hmm. are still done. Um, And you don't see, you know, anyone saying, oh, they're attacking the legacy of this black woman. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. This was was a part of her history, right? And everyone has accepted that as being part of you know her, yeah. her as a whole person. She was an amazing, amazing entertainer, artist, um, and she also had, you know, a, a, a past and things. Right. But again, it's 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 looked at very differently um, from this situation. And Kobe was a he's a he was human, and there were things that happened in his life that weren't so great, and there were lots of wonderful, amazing things that he did. Um, but it's okay to, to Look at the woman And the black woman As a total of her You know the, the highs and the lows But not this black man
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And I definitely Think the fact that people are still grieving And emotional, very sure. raw about his Death where the timing piece comes Up which is that's kind of one of those arguments there's no Right or wrong mm-hmm. answer because if You are a fan of a person There will never be a right Absolutely. time to Bring up something that you're uncomfortable about and if you are not a fan of that person or a survivor the, uh, anytime is the right time Absolutely. so it's one of those things where it's always going to be subjective yeah. to but the fact that it goes to this level yeah. of hatred and, and, and threat death threats and questioning people's character that has no backing like I've been asked someone so we're talking about millionaire multi-millionaires billionaires if we throw an mm-hmm. in there you think if they had an agenda, to tear down black men They are doing a horrible job Right? Why yeah. is it taking so long yeah. These are women <laughs> with At least over Has a media, media mogul yeah. Has a magazine A network So it's like it's not adding up And you don't ever see this Back just last week And I'm going to leave it alone um, In the same week There was a, a boxer um, I think his name is Tank Javante something mm-hmm. But it goes by Tank Who was seen was caught on camera snatching his child's mom by the neck at a game snatching her out the seat and dragging her out wow very little reaction from some of these saints where snoop and 50 were quiet i didn't hear them say anything so it's like where was this if maybe if i saw the same level of outrage when it was black women lives being threatened None of this outrage went to Fabulous when he was knocking Emily's teeth out of her mouth. Did you see the quote from
1: the the person that you're speaking oh, about? Yes. Talking about maybe he made mm-hmm. the wrong decision and how he disciplined his wife? Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, wow.
0: I, I saw him say, I don't abuse her. I just, I may have been aggressive, but I went abusive. Sir, That's, you grabbed her by is her the neck. Very
2: nature of abuse.
0: Because you didn't, we didn't, and if you do that in public.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah I just think it's really, really important to like have these thoughts about who comes to the protection of of black women um because numerous numerous experiences have shown that black women will come to the protection of black men mm-hmm. to no end, mm-hmm. um, but we don't always receive the same. Reaction we don't always receive the same Protection at the
1: same level and I will Say there are black the men level. who will come To the rescue of black women right but Not at the capacity yeah. in which black Women come to the Aid and protection of black men Constantly sure. yeah. and it is It is a known and Without question that It's going to happen mm-hmm. We are yeah. often Surprised like our thing is more I wonder if Yeah, the black men are going to come to my protection, not a oh, it's already known if this happens, black men have our back. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that ties into we are sometimes so quick to believe the worst of ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, as black people that we feel the need to protect the image of celebrity or black celebs at all costs because somehow. If they are painted in a bad light, then that means all black. And I'm just like, stop, because yeah. I think Boyce, Dr. Boyce Watkins, ugh, and he, um, made a comment to tar- Tarana Burke, um, the creator of the Me Too movement, around the survivor R. Kelly, and he told her because of this documentary, you are making all black men look bad. And I'm just like, how? Wow. Why? How why do we have to take ownership of the worst parts of of not even us, but of Someone who shares our skin tone If they get caught up in a scandal All of a sudden it's making all black people How? Why are we always When there is a, a white mass shooter Do you ever hear white people saying He's going to make all white people look bad
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, yeah. no. Yeah. Why do we And I know why It's because of limited Um uh, representation is that, that scarcity Effect like when you don't have enough of something You want to mm-hmm. hold on to it but when that Happens it we we become blinded mm-hmm. To where you get this outrage when someone Brings up something that happened right. that She didn't yeah. call the man a rapist She asked about an allegation right. Right. A charge She did yeah. not go any deeper
2: now again it You even could... said that the charge was dropped Like she even stated that she was like No yes the charge was dropped You know so she wasn't going And saying oh well this allegation still Stands she was saying no it was dropped I just want to know that What was your reaction Lisa Like as a Mm -hmm. woman that's also his Friend Mm -hmm. like how do you Hold both of those positions Which I think is a oh like I think it's a Brilliant question to ask about the complexities Mm -hmm. Of a human I don't think I would have
0: asked it then I wouldn't have asked it then I think it's a good question I think personally The timing I would not have However, I don't think that this was some agenda. yeah, I think she saw an opportunity mm-hmm. and said, "Well, let me go ahead and ask this right now. Now, personally, would I have asked that at this time? No, uh, whatever. But again, I don't take issue with mm-hmm, the question. Right.
2: I think it's a valid question. It's a valid question. Yeah. and it's it's a job that then turned into questioning her just her as a person, her personhood. Yep. Um, so definitely, hopefully y'all <laughs> have like something to chew on about this topic If you have reactions to it Or if you have your own wheels turning about just your reactions to Whether, you know, the question that Gail King asked The interview, Snoop Dogg's reaction um, Definitely hit us up Like send us some remarks, some replies Because um, we'd like to know what you guys think mm-hmm. too We definitely would
1: Absolutely, absolutely Great discussion All right, well, we are going to roll right into our topic of the week, and I feel like we got some really good interaction and feedback from our topic last week, and we um, talked about anxiety, and so we felt like it was only fitting for us to also talk about depression. So today's topic is going to be about depression, Um, and we often talk about depression and anxiety um, because those two things often can coexist together, um, but we want to actually make sure that people, just like anxiety, just that people understand what depression really is. Can you be generally depressed? Can you have depressed moments, depressed feelings, and not be clinically depressed? Because those are two very different things. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I want to just kind of open up the discussion again with kind of talking about. Um, Just when did you first learn that um, learn about depression, whether you knew about it as the technical term or or just what how you learned about the emotional experience of depression And, and when was that when you understood what it was? Um, For me,
0: it was definitely in college, in class, learning about it, you know, being a psych major, now psychologist. So I've always learned, you know, learned about um, depression. I have worked with countless of clients who experienced depression. Um, Now my own like personal understanding of what that feels like happened when I had a depressive episode for the first Mm time. Um, So that was probably the first time like, oh, this is what it feels feels Mm -hmm. like um to have this experience yeah
2: Yeah. and for me the first time I learned about depression was during I took like AP classes in high school like psychology classes um which then fueled my interest in psychology Mm -hmm. to go into major into that into undergrad but that was the first time that I actually started to learn about depression Um, Just kind of what it was Kind of the basics of depression Mm -hmm. What it looks like in individuals I didn't learn about just chemical imbalances And more about that until undergrad Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess more in-depth information Of course after majoring in psychology Mm -hmm. And getting just better ground information
1: about it And I think for me I mean I learned about what depression was when I had my first bout with it. And again, I didn't necessarily put the label on it at that time until it was um, partially labeled for me, and that was also in undergrad. Um, when, thing, again, my functioning was put to a halt um, and recognizing that this is something very different from anything that I had ever experienced. And then, of course, as a psychology student and major, really getting more knowledge and information about the topic. But everybody is not a psych major, right? And everybody doesn't have the benefit that we have of being very knowledgeable in this area. And so this week's episode, I want our listeners to takeaway, just some very basic information about what it is, how to recognize it in yourselves, how to recognize it in your family and friends and loved ones, um, and then things that you can do to kind of address it. Um, So what are some of the kind of typical or common signs or symptoms that um, someone might experience or things that people might need to look for? Um, when they think that they are actually experiencing depression or a loved one is experiencing depression.
0: Um, I would say persistent sadness yeah. is a, a hallmark mm-hmm. symptom um, mm-hmm. So not just you know I'm, I something happened and I feel bad or I, I've had a low day but when it's happening or lasting for like weeks mm-hmm. at a time and you're not seeing any type of improvement and mm-hmm. you're no longer getting joy from the things that you once enjoyed so yeah. let's say you know usually on your bad days you know if you read a book or you watch your favorite show, You'll perk up, but this, the show's not working. You don't even feel like getting out the bed to yeah. turn the show on. Mm-hmm. So, just that everything feels like walking through mud.
2: Yes. Yeah. 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 And something that you can't, like you said, you can't do things to get, bring yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. You can't talk to people or like watch your favorite TV mm-hmm. show, um, just not feeling that joy. Um, another one is just tearfulness that mm-hmm. you can't really control. Like it just comes out of nowhere. Um, and oftentimes you're not sure why you're crying. Um, or even, and I, I say this for men often, it may not be tearfulness, but it may be the urge to cry, but you want to allow yourself to. Um, so kind of that feeling like you're going to tear up, but you kind of pull it back or stop mm-hmm. it in the moment. That's a really big one. That, you know, can be an indicator. Exactly.
1: And, you know, I'm often very aware of like the physiological things that happen. So, um, you know, there might be significant weight loss or weight gain that happens Mm -hmm. um, when you're experiencing depression, um, usually because there's a lack of energy to eat or you might be engaging in emotional eating. And um, mm-hmm. when you're distressed, your body also, again, produces um, some of those hormones that will increase the production of, you know, insulin levels, which increases your fat stores and all that. So there's a lot more than mm-hmm. just that, oh, I feel bad. There's physiological changes that happens um, in your body. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the the biggest physiological things that I note, um, especially... Um, You know, when I'm dealing with it, it's just extreme fatigue. You feel tired and drained and just you things that you had the energy to do, like just literally getting up out of the bed and taking a shower and brushing your teeth feels like Mm -hmm. a laborious task. So things like that, physiological changes are big markers um, for depression
2: and so much so that other people remark on it so like other people in your life may say like you just seem really out of it lately Mm -hmm. or you know you haven't been showing up or when you do show up your mind is not here like other people can notice it because it's not it's so remarkable that people can see a change Mm -hmm. they can feel a change
0: right and I think another um component of depression of the symptoms is also anger yes. or yeah. irritability yes. so it doesn't necessarily always show up as sadness and i think i've said this on the show here that underneath most anger is hurt yes. mm-hmm. um and so there are some people who may not emote you know in a tearful way but they're just you're you're irritable just everything is bothering you um just people you want or things is just you can't. Everything is just like a burden, or a, a, you're annoyed all the time. Um, and that fatigue piece—that's uh, why I really like the metaphor of walking through mud. Because when you are in a depressed mm-hmm. mood, it is—it takes a lot of mental energy just to make mm-hmm. it. So you—you're tired. You are literally exhausted yeah. from feeling like you're doing nothing but just
2: trying to like survive the moment. Yeah. Can be tiring. And with right. that fatigue can come like what we call hypersomnia or just sleeping too much. Yeah. Um, either you're not sleeping at all um, or you you just find yourself taking naps throughout the day. You're sleeping for eight, nine, ten hours in the day. You just can't feel like you don't feel like you can be rested enough because mm-hmm. your system is so fatigued.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that's when. When you start to, you know, get some of all these things going on, um, you might start to feel, like, just hopeless. Like, you start to not be able to do things that you used to do. You're not doing the things that you used to do. You don't have the energy. Your body's not cooperating. And you see all these changes. And then, you know, we also can experience those thoughts of hopelessness, worthlessness, um, and then you know even some of those suicidal thing you know thoughts start to come in. so there's there's different degrees to depression you know you can have someone who's mildly depressed you know they might have a few of these symptoms that we named um, and then it can go all the way up to severe where you've got people who have six seven eight symptoms of depression and it's very important for you to know like how, how deep is this going for you? Because I think once people recognize or understand what depression really looks like, and I want to say again, I want to reiterate what April said earlier, you know, it's different than, you know, okay, one or two days I'm feeling down, but I, I kind of bounce back, you know, things are back to normal versus this being a more persistent thing that if if, if about two weeks or longer, you're still in this state now, you know, now we got a a real concern here.
0: Yeah. 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 I think, um, this kind of brings up the question of how to tell, how to recognize the symptoms, especially for people who don't often have the, um, I won't say the time. I'm, I'm, Thinking back to a conference I attended and there was a, a girl of Asian descent and she spoke about the stigma of mental health in the Asian community. Yes. She was a college student and she said she remembered talking to her mom, um, who I, I believe was an immigrant. So I think the, the girl was first generation American okay. and talking to her mom about her depressive symptoms. Her mom said, wow, I wish I had the luxury to be depressed. Oh, mm-hmm. yikes. Um, oh. So this kind of feeling like you have time. To, to be depressed like how how nice of you and then of course, the girl felt horrible for not only having her symptoms but being made to feel like that was an American luxury right. yeah. um, but I say that to say some of us and self included who are so on the go or have lifestyles where you may not be able to sleep in like you're gonna make it happen so a lot of times it's moms you know oh, like yes. they can't they can't sleep eight, ten hours a day because they have little ones to take or parents in general right um so being able to know what it looks like for you so that's where like the irritability the no longer like the isolating yeah mm-hmm. um so you know or feeling like you're going through the motions and paying special attention to the thoughts yeah. that are going through that's feeling of worthlessness, so or feeling inadequate mm-hmm. feeling like life isn't worth living um those are the things i think
2: it's important to, to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that's a really good point to bring up because I know last week we talked about anxiety and that is like, people will more readily say, yes, I'm struggling with anxiety. But when, even in therapy, when I'm in the room with someone and I say, yeah, you know, I think this is a depressive episode, just that that look Mm -hmm. of like oh no 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 no, like I can't have depression you know it it carries a larger stigma Mm -hmm. than other things like anxiety and so it is really important to know kind of how it shows up because there may be circumstances where you can't sleep 12 hours a day or you have to be around people so you can't fully isolate Mm -hmm. but paying attention to Some of the thoughts that may be present, paying attention to even if you are social in a room and you've got 20 people around you, do you still feel alone? Do you still feel isolated? And so instead of just saying, oh, well, I don't isolate. I have to be around people all the time or I, you know, get up and I cook and clean for the kids. Like, how do you feel when you're doing those things? Mm -hmm. Because we can all get caught in just doing the motions, you know. But how do you feel in the midst of it? That's going to be some really key indicators to start thinking about. Am I dealing with depression? Yeah,
1: I like to often just ask people if you could tell me if there was a word that could tell me your impression of your life right now, what would it be? And just some of. I think just to be asked and to have the freedom to just say, I'm um, just going through the motions or I'm just here or, you know, life just feels worthless. It, it often just opens the door to people starting to maybe acknowledge, you know, I'm probably not okay. But a lot of times people are not asked, like, not that typical how you doing, but don't actually tell me how you're doing kind of question. But when someone <laughs> actually says, how are you, like, really, how are you feeling? Um, it can open up and give people that outlet that they might need to start sharing, you know, that maybe they're going through something that that might be depression,
2: yeah,
0: and I think sometimes people are—it's a—it's people are afraid of the answer. If they are worried about something, it's something that we we talk a lot in just suicide prevention of why people don't ask people they're worried about because it's a fear of they may say yes, and I'm going to say the wrong thing and make it mm-hmm. worse. And oftentimes, it's not about being the most articulate and having the right words, but just letting that person know I see, yes. you. I see that you're going through something right now. And how can I help, or can I help? How can I help ride this wave out with you, or get you connected to the service? So it's not even about having the perfect Mm -hmm. response, but I think that that feeling of being seen goes such a a long way. And one of my my two ways I like to ask the question is um, scale scale of one to five. How are you feeling? Yeah. Um, Or are you surviving or thriving? Oh yeah, I like that. Which one is it? I like
1: that. Yeah.
2: That makes me think, because I think just, you know, amongst ourselves, like, we've all talked with one another about just, like, episodes of depression that we have experienced, and I guess my question is, how did you guys come to, like, the realization, Mm -hmm. like... Oh, goodness, I might be in the middle of experiencing some depression Or I might be right in the middle of an episode mm-hmm. Like, did you come to that revelation on your own? Did somebody else help guide you there? Mm-hmm. Like, what helped you realize that?
0: For me, it was on my own um, Well, the first time I think I think we talked about it in one of our previous episodes Might have been the one about anxiety The first time I did really think I was truly depressed Was when I first started graduate school in my doc program um, and some of that is transition So some of it is just simple adjustment mm-hmm. um, So I kind of I c- reluctant to call it depression but I remember being In a diagnosis class and like Oh shoot that was me for Three months I was sad And just like <laughs> so Withdrawn and just felt like Oh my god what am I doing in my life mm-hmm. But by the time I realized it It was over um, But I think when I think recently What Um Made me realize Is I knew I didn't feel right Like this was not The norm And my usual Tactics Weren't working And it was I think for me It was my thoughts Were starting to scare me Yeah And, And when it got To that point Yeah Um that was when i said okay
2: this is we got to talk to somebody that's what's going on yeah yeah yeah. it's interesting because i know for me um i it was probably like june wasn't even too long ago june 2019 when i was talking to one of my friends shout out tj um I was just telling him like I don't feel connected I don't feel like I'm I'm overwhelmed at work I don't feel connected to any of my friends I don't feel like you know I'm making the change at work that I should be making and I was in the space of like look I can sell my house I can move like I just need to do something and he was like Shari, it sounds like you're depressed I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, I, yeah, no. you know, I think I'm depressed. That's and the it point. was weird for me because I always know that I tend to have more of an anxious presentation. Um, and that was the first time that I actually was like, you know, I, you might be right. Like, I actually might be in a state of depression. And so... He was able to kind of, and thankfully, thankfully, most of my friends are psychologists, <laughs> right. but he was able, <laughs> he was able to say like, nah, you, That's you're not overwhelmed at work. Yeah. You're depressed. Right. And I was like, you know, what? Like so many piece, like puzzle pieces mm-hmm. started to fall into place. Like, like a light bulb. I haven't been eating, or I've been eating crap food, and I haven't. I've been working out, but it's not fun anymore. And like so much of that, like that, like you said, like that light bulb mm-hmm. went off. And so I know that's how I came to that realization. Somebody had to point it out for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: you actually made me think of something else. And I know Erica got to get you a sense to respond. Is I think the first time Because I can still count on a hand Mm -hmm. The times um, I've had like these Long periods of time The first time it was a result of birth control pills Yes And I had I had started a new type, or had just got back on. Yeah, and I've been on birth control pills all my life, yeah. like for migraines and just cramps. Like mm-hmm. it has been a lifesaver because my mom was tired of checking me out of school mm-hmm. every month. That was my life too, <laughs> April. <Lord. laughs> she said, "We going to the doctor. I'm not coming back up to the school every month because you're sick." Um, but I started a new type, mm-hmm. and. It was Like I Was so sad I was crying I felt yeah. I took every slight Personally Like I'm, I was like None of my friends like me I don't really have any good Friends And this yeah. is I mean every, Everything was dark mm-hmm. And And I was like What the hell Is this coming from And I realized It was my birth control good Like ones. when I realized Started tracking Kind of when did this mm-hmm. start Connected it to So I got a new prescription For something else Yeah Such And a good moved point. Right away. Yeah, -hmm.
1: I had the same experience. Um, I I can. I know there was. I have three specific times where I was have experienced um, depression. I did have the same situation with you as far as taking um, a new birth control, and it was causing me to have suicidal thoughts. And I was like, I've been depressed before, but I have never been (laughs) in any point of my life suicidal. So, just the fact that those kinds of thoughts were coming up, I was able to say, this is not me thinking this, so there must be something Mm. else. Going on, and I think, and it was the birth control pills, and I immediately was like, "Yeah, I'm good with that." <laughs> right. Let's call that doctor. We need to real fix quick. that. But my biggest thing that yeah. often happens for me when I am depressed is I can't sleep. It's also similar to mm. that with the anxiety. So again, you know, yeah, I look at the anxiety and you know, depression. You know, they tend for me to kind of come shortly within spans of one another. But definitely not being able to sleep, um, the tearfulness, and just the the lack of energy um, that I, I get—that mm-hmm. physiological lack of energy that I get. Um, yeah. Yeah. So
0: absolutely, they're like I call them kissing cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like where there's yeah. where there is one, um, the other is not too far. To behind, Absolutely. I think yeah. for for what I have found helpful, um, because I know I think we talked about anxiety yeah. last week. For me, I'm more prone to go dark yeah. than I am to be anxious, mm-hmm. um, and it's weird because it's gotten more more prominent the older that I've gotten. So I don't know if it's like horm- hormones or just life, mm-hmm. um, but I catch myself like I'll have to like if I feel like my thoughts have just been real, just like mm-hmm. negative. I was like okay what's going on we need to figure something out is this just a temporary thing are you tired and also allowing myself to have the thought but know that okay that's not real that doesn't mean it's true yeah. like you're feeling isolated you're feeling disconnected but that doesn't necessarily mean yeah you don't have to believe the story yeah. Yeah, that's, that's being idea. created now if I find myself like giddy spiraled into the store, then okay, well maybe we need to go talk to somebody, but for the mm-hmm. most part it's being able to catch it nice. when those like little little sprinklings right. yeah. start to yeah. come I in. I
1: call that yeah. the so how do oh sorry, okay. I call that the removal of the rose colored glasses, right? Because it seems like yeah. when you're depressed, it's like now you feel like I can see everything clearly and you know what? Life mm-hmm. really isn't that great and this is this and this is that and it's yeah. like everything is just you, you're, you're not able to kind of see any other side other than the dark side. Yeah, of I'm sorry. No,
2: that's a good point. No, no. I was just going to say, you know, that's a good point. How do you talk about it with um, like patients or clients or how do you like what are some things that you do to move away from that depressive episode? Like what skills, what strategies
1: would we use? I'm initially going to always challenge the thoughts. I'm I'm always looking for the evidence to those those matter of fact pieces. You know, especially if if there's anything that says, "Oh, it's always or never." Those extreme uh, type comments, challenging that and letting them come up with, like, "Yeah, I don't." That's not really true. You know, April often says, like, "Your feelings are not always fact." And so instead of trying to tell somebody why their feelings are not fact, that can feel invalidating, but letting them be able to tell you how, well, you know, it's maybe not like that. But so getting them to the realistic aspect of what's really going on. No, it's not the end of the world. Um, but it might be difficult. It might be hard. So how do we get you through this difficult and hard thing instead of sitting mm-hmm. at this extreme that you're sitting at right now?
0: Yeah, yeah I have a sim- very similar approach. My um my orientation is, is cognitive behavioral anyway, so I definitely will start with the cognitions. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it also depends on the severity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of where that person is, because if we're at a severe point, then we're going to I'm. we're talking medication because yeah. yeah. it's, it's very hard to challenge a thought when you are deep into the throes yeah. of a depressive episode. Like we got to figure out how can we get these, you know, dopamine and serotonin right. regulated, especially if we're at a point where there are suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. going on. Um, so it, to me, it it Depends on the severity of where right. I'll go. Um, and then eventually get to... Because I do think depression is a thought disorder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there are biological components. So I don't believe you can think yourself out of it. Like it's not right. that simple. But it definitely plays a yeah, role. Yeah, I'm glad you said so that. So getting that...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So getting that person to a headspace where we can begin to start going mm-hmm. down that yes. road of challenging the cognitions yeah. and those distortions.
2: Yeah, I like that. I often say like medications like a step stool. Yes. Right? So yeah. if you've got... dish at the top shelf like you can stand on your tiptoes you can reach as long as you, till you turn blue in the face, but if it's too high, it's too mm-hmm. high, right? And so medications that step stool, yes, you still have to get on the stool, you still have to reach for it, but it's that step stool that helps you get there. And so yeah, definitely, I'm glad you brought that mm-hmm. up. If the depression is in such a severe state, that you're having difficulty challenging the cognitions, or you can't do some of the behaviors, like medication is definitely one of the things that we begin that conversation, you know, we talk talk about it. Um, I tend to go, so Erica's talked about like cognitions and challenging. April's talked about medication. I tend to go with behaviors too, with being able to say like action opposite emotion. So how do you act opposite to how you feel? Um, You feel depressed. So how do we act opposite to change those feelings? So how do we engage in valued activities? How do we reach out and just be social or be in a space that is social and allow ourselves to connect and when you're in those spaces when you're doing those things monitoring how you feel Mm -hmm. you know is there a little glimmer may not be a spark but is there a little glimmer of excitement or just happiness or familiarity feeling comfortable like being able to pay attention to that so acting Opposite to how you feel can definitely help a lot with moving away from some of that depressive, um, some of those depressive symptoms.
1: I think you've already started us into those takeaways. um, And I think that's a great takeaway. April, do you have something that you think is kind of, you know, some advice that we can give to our listeners about kind of how to start recognizing or even maybe addressing how they're going to deal with depression?
0: Um, yeah, to, to check in with themselves. So take a moment, even if it's five minutes, of just kind of sitting and or writing. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. And can you come up with your own wellness plan? Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to be at a depressive episode to seek help. Like get it, get get in front of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, especially if you know there are things going on, if there are life transition issues or stuff happening, get ahead of it. Mm-hmm. So talk to someone. Um, or if you can't afford therapy Are there books Or is there a self-help book that you can read Or a podcast that you can listen to yeah, Right. Uh, <laughs> plug Exactly. But um, you know Check in with yourself And and there is, and also uh, This is the last thing is You don't, kind of what I said in the media minute You don't have to give in to the worst interpretations of yourself mm-hmm. And knowing that That voice is not always a
1: voice of truth Yeah um, I'm gonna leave us with those takeaways. I think you guys did a great job. <laughs> my my thing that I want to encourage people is to um, let's take the stigma out of depression. Let's recognize that it can be a, a normal thing. It, well, it's not. It shouldn't be a normal thing in your life. As and when I say that, you know, if it's pervasive. That's not normal, but having it is normal. And so let's take the stigma out of yourself having depression family members having depression and just say, hey, this is a struggle and this is something that I can get past and get through. And if I can't get past it and get through it alone or with support, then maybe I need to seek out therapy or seek out medication or seek out medication and therapy, um, which is the, the, the best, you know, that's um form of attack for addressing this. Mm-hmm. Nice,
2: nice. Good wrap up. Good yeah. wrap up. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So
0: Okay. <laughs> so we are now to our segment was all about love. So we're gonna switch gears. <laughs> Uh, I know that was heavy. It was a little yeah. bit, right? Depression. Depression right. is heavy. You're thinking about it, talking about yeah. it, it's heavy. Imagine. So everybody, it's shake ex- it out. Right. If you're Whoop. driving,
2: don't shake it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shake it
0: out. So let's do some love moments. Yeah. So who or what thing, entity or person, would you all like to
2: send your love to this week? Hmm. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's love week. Like, oh, it's love boo. week. Yeah. Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, gosh. Friday. That's right. Like... And it's Ooh. so crazy because I usually hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, I kind of still do. I forever. But I'm hate actually, it. like, excited. What? So my, excited because of the movie that's coming out. With oh, the photograph. photograph. So I send my love to. Um, uh, well, I don't know who even made the movie. I don't know how I'm going to send it to them. Issa Rae? Yeah. Okay. So I'll send my love to Issa Rae for always um, bringing us some really interesting, classic, just entertainment. So I want to send my love out to her. I'm excited to see the movie um, that comes out. I will not be seeing it on Valentine's Day, but I'm excited to catch that good <laughs> matinee. On Saturday morning nice. So that's that's what I want to send my love
1: <laughs> I want to send my love to um, One of my best friends Allison um, She was planning to come to town To help me start packing my house This weekend um, However I became extremely bombarded With client reports And just other things going on And she got sick in the middle of the week And was still trying to come mm-hmm help me pack my house and I was like girl if you don't leave that Ebola bag where you at Um, but I just want to send my love because she is a very good friend our friend episode had her questioning our friendship and I was like girl you are a good good. friend (laughs) you are wonderful and so I really do value her and um, our relationship and so I just want to send my love to her and I hope she's feeling better by the time this episode airs she better be feeling better or I might have to be making a trip down there to go check on her.
0: So, well, I would like well get well soon, Allison. Hey. Hope she feels better I feel soon. Better. Um, I would like to send my love out to um, a dear friend, My, who lost his mom a few days ago. Oh no! Um, so, sending my love out to him and his family as here moving forward with um you know the arrangements and the plan. so just let him know that i'm thinking of him and his sisters and dad as they um you know get started on this really really rough road
2: so sorry for your loss so very sorry yeah, yeah. definitely definitely all right well let's head into the send out we have come to the end of the, uh, yet another episode we thank you guys for listening to us this week um, hopefully, we put a good kind of like bookend with anxiety and depression. Hopefully, you got some good information. Um, definitely feel free to always, always check in with us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us on Three Sykes and a Mic on both of those social media platforms. If you are listening to us, we do ask that you email if you have questions, but also go ahead on those platforms where you're listening to like, comment, subscribe. We ask that if you have questions for each episode, you Send those questions in for us because we'd like to answer those for you here on the podcast um, or through email. So go ahead and send any questions. Um, If you are in the South Carolina area, um, one of the things that we have coming up this week will be on Wellness Wednesdays with Hot 103.9 with Neek. Um, We're going to go ahead and put that out there. So hopefully check us out if you're in the area or if you listen to um, any of like the radio apps so we'll be on wellness Wednesdays from 12 o'clock to about one something so check us out we'll be talking about love relationships how to spot lousy lovers and all those things uh, for the Valentine's Day so that is
1: when Wednesday Um, February 12th is that right is that the right date
2: February 12th yep February Mm -hmm. the 12th so this episode should drop literally the day before so um, at noon hot 103.9 so we thank you guys thanks for checking us out and as always keep listening and we will see you next time. Bye bye. 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 Take care of yourself.